0: We just want to make sure everyone else is happy. The husband is fed. The kid is fed. The house is clean. And I'm not even that. I'm not that person, you guys. But I did turn into her after having Nova. And then I was like, wait a second. I haven't washed my face in a year. I don't even brush
1: my teeth every day. What am I doing? Your eyes open the minute that baby sighs in their sleep. Your eyes pop open. Like That is such a precious, endearing, beautiful thing to me about women. I'm so happy to be a woman. I'm so happy that I'm the one who went through that experience in my life. I'm so proud that I kept getting up when my babies needed me and like you said despite how isolating it is, how we're feeling, it's it's like every woman should be so moved by herself cuz on that wedding day, you didn't see that you had that in you. Cynthia Overgaard, owner of Hypnobirthing of Connecticut, childbirth advocate, and postpartum support specialist. And I'm Tresha Ludwig,
2: certified nurse midwife and international board-certified lactation consultant. And this is the Down to Birth podcast. Childbirth is something we're made to do, but how do we have our safest and most satisfying experience in
1: today's medical culture? Let's dispel the myths and get down to birth.
0: Everybody, my name is Claude Racine Valinsky, and I have been a guest on a Down to Birth show twice before. Once to talk about my home birth, I believe that was episode twenty-eight, and then the second time was to talk about I was really like in the thick of postpartum depression and anxiety. That was episode seventy-two. And um, now two years later, I reached back out to um, the show and I was like, I would love to come on and just talk about how I have overcome uh, the darkness that I was in and how it actually helped create such a bigger and brighter and happier future for me. Um, and I think when I was going through postpartum depression, there was there was like this, I felt, I felt sorry for myself, really. I felt like a victim of something that I had no control over. And, um, but at the same time, I had no choice but to keep going. I I had no choice but to keep getting up and keep feeding my baby and keep showing up. And there were days where I really did not want to. But what I realized when I started to kind of feel a little bit more like stable in my head, and I think this was when Nova, my son, started sleeping a little bit more regular, you know, the schedule that you lose control of when your baby is born, that was really hard for me. So when he started sleeping more on a schedule, I started to feel a little bit of this, okay, I'm getting a little bit of my freedom back. and I And I started looking at like, wow, look what I just survived. And that started like giving me this fuel. Like I am like a gangster and any mom, I started looking at moms in a whole new way, a whole new light. Like we, it's not to feel sorry for us that we're going through that. It's like, that is building us to be like the exact mom that our kids need, the wife that our husband needs. Um, I mean, it just made me so, so mentally strong which you would never think when you're going through it, you feel so weak. But I wanted to share that, that weakness, that darkness, that, um, that hopelessness and helplessness that you feel just keep taking one step in front of the other every day and know that it's not going to be like that forever and use it as fuel to like propel you forward, forward, forward. And you know, you're going to come out of it just, such a stronger and more capable being altogether.
1: Claude, what went, when the last time we met with you and spoke to you, you were really at a low. And it was, you know, we had just had to put this episode out there. You just you were just at a low. There was nothing we could do to sugarcoat it. You were feeling bad emotionally, physically. You love your husband very much. You felt solid in that relationship though you expressed little waves of like, you know, that awareness that we are the default parent and those emotions that we understand. But where did you go from that low? Like, what, what did you do with that? You know, it's like, you had no advice in that episode. You were just like, I hear you people. I can, I get it. And then now here you are. So what happened?
0: I, there came a point where I was so over feeling how I was feeling. I was overlooking how I was looking and it just wasn't me. It I was this is not Claude. And I remember telling you guys I felt so distant from who, who I knew myself to be. And I decided, okay, I'm gonna do something. And I every day I would I for about a year I was thinking in my head, I need to find something to do. I need because remember, it was like in the middle of COVID and COVID shut down the entire entertainment industry. So my husband and I couldn't dance. We weren't choreographing, we were just like doing nothing. And then this opportunity found me to do, to sell makeup and skincare online. And I think that thing of having something to do and having other people to show up for, because that opportunity propelled me to share my postpartum story. Like it is scary to admit to people that you think about killing yourself, that you you think, you know, oh my gosh, this was a mistake to have a baby. But I opened up to my network when I started direct sales and they received it so beautifully and that helped me. Like I felt like I all of a sudden I had this purpose now that I had that I had to show up and keep being authentic and keep sharing my pain and my struggles because so many other women were out there dealing with the same thing in silence. And that gave me that gave me the strength to show up every day to get better, to find answers. Like I was so over nobody having answers. How do you not have an answer for? What is postpartum? How do you get better? How do you not have an answer for Hashimoto's? How does the doctor look at me and say, oh, it's genetic. There's nothing you can do about it. I refuse to accept that. And now it wasn't just about me. It was about finding answers and finding solutions for all these women now that had opened up to me and said, I I have Hashimoto's too. I have postpartum too. Oh, I'm so scared of postpartum. I had it too. And I never said anything. And and just opening up that floodgate gave me the like it just changed my whole perspective i was like Claude, shut up stop feeling sorry for yourself and like get some answers and so i spent the next like year looking for answers about hashimotos and and you know i'm still i just got certified in functional nutrition because i wanted to know how the heck can you maybe at least help prevent postpartum depression or help like make it not so heavy, not so horrible. Um, That's what helped me get out of my own way and stop feeling sorry for myself. Now I had this responsibility I felt like in my head to help so many other women.
2: How did you take that first step? Because when women are in the thick of that, it is like so difficult to feel motivated to do anything, you know, for some people just to get dressed and take a shower feels difficult to go out of the house is impossible to put yourself out there in front of people or take on a, an opportunity that presents itself to you could feel so overwhelming. So like, what, how did you get to that place of like, I'm going to do it? What's that very first thing?
0: I mean, you just got to put one foot in front of the other you have to just i believe that through action your mind will catch up don't go into i'm just going to lay here and feel sorry for myself get up and go on walks force yourself to to move every day to to get out and walk as soon as you're cleared by your doctor to be able to have some kind of exercise exercise you know cook if you can and ask for help and allow yourself to be helped
2: i think your point about the mind catching up to the physical body is so important because if we, if we don't keep our hands busy, then the mind just takes over and it, that keeps us in stagnation. But the minute you actually just move your body, it doesn't matter if you're reorganizing a drawer or folding laundry or taking a walk or just doing something to move the body, yeah you're right. If you do that day after day after day, your mind can't sit and wallow in the problem because it's busy doing something else, so you have to distract it,
0: yeah, and like I remember crying through workouts, you know, i like going in the garage during covid and my body was so weak, it wouldn't do anything it was it used to do, and I would just cry, but i I would still do it and You know, I can be hard on myself sometimes for feeling how I felt and like not being able to be present for my baby. But at the same time, I didn't give up. And at the same time, I showed up and did the things, even though my mind didn't want to physically, I showed up and eventually my mind started to feel better because I kept physically active.
1: There's an expression in yoga in which we say the mind gives up before the body. And sometimes when you're holding a really difficult pose, like, um, I don't know if if anyone practices out there, but like bound side angle pose is the one I was holding when an instructor said that, because you're holding a very intense pose and your mind starts going, I can't do this anymore. How How long are they keeping us in this pose? What if I fall down in this, in this room? And the mind just starts going wild on you. And she just said, like, the mind gives up before the body. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my body hasn't flinched. It hasn't even flinched. I'm not even at the point where where my leg is quivering from the from the fatigue. And it's incredible like how real thoughts feel. Thoughts are not real at all, but they feel so real. It's like, why don't you get up and move your body? Like let the body drive and let the thoughts catch up to what you're doing. Like if you try to get really down about things when you're concentrating on following a new recipe cause you're having one single friend over and you decided to try something new. Like you're just going to get in it. You're going to be focused. Time is going to go by yeah. and it's different from curling up in the fetal position alone with those incorrect destructive thoughts with your energy level low. It's, it's yeah. Like just force yourself to do it and see what happens. It actually research does support what you're saying completely. It's one of several things that does lift us out of depression, just movement. It-
0: Yeah. And that's what I do now is talk about like, it's not about motivation. It's not about like, you just have to be disciplined. And one thing that people will say is like, you have to change your mind first. But when you're in postpartum depression, you can't fucking change your mind. Like that, that's just not, nope. That is what it is.
1: Or waiting till you feel motivated. Like, when is that day going to come? Right. It's not. And that's why the discipline of like, okay, I know that I'm supposed to move my body. Tony Robbins says that people don't make a change until they're, unless they're desperate or inspired. And what a difficult way to live waiting between, as we're toggling between these two extremes. Like, how often are we really inspired? How often are we really desperate? And how bad does it have to be when we're, when we're desperate? And you're saying like, don't wait for those extremes. Don't get up and just, Do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels impossible. I mean, I can
2: recall a period of time in my life when I was in deep, deep grief. And it was, you know, almost like non functional place. And the advice somebody told me was keep moving your hands. Just keep moving your hands. And I like would literally just like rearrange the silverware in my drawer to take my mind off the grief. And it worked. It's just like one step after the next. And you don't think about what that next step is going to be. You don't know. It doesn't matter. You just keep moving forward. It doesn't matter what it is. Correct. And eventually, after (laughs) for for some people, days, for other people, weeks, for some people, years, that you may have to stay in that way. But eventually, the mind shifts and it follows the body. It follows the body to lead.
0: I remember thinking it felt like it was going to be this way forever now, because when you first have your baby, it's so new. You don't know, you don't know anything. And I thought, wow, this is my life now forever. And I just want to reiterate for any new mom out there who's struggling with this. It is not going to be like this forever. Um, and my mom would say that to me a lot. My husband would say that to me a lot. My dad too. And I I would hold on to those words. You know, that's all you can do sometimes is just go, okay, it's not going to be like this forever. Just keep going, just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then one day it will lift. You will feel like, I want to say like yourself again, but man, I've created a whole new person now.
2: It's it's sort of like that that. One day you wake up and it isn't just about doing the physical thing anymore. Your mind actually wants to do it. There's like, a, there's like a resurgence of the motivation. The inspiration starts to come back. So it's not like, oh, I just have to take the walk for the purpose of taking the walk or have to unload the dishwasher for the purpose of unloading the dishwasher. It's now like, I feel good about doing it like yes. all of a sudden that feeling comes back like i want to do this cuz i feel good when i put everything away i feel good when my house is clean i feel good after my walk yes exactly and it's it slips in slowly it's like little sprinkles of it here and there and then one day you're just like wow
1: I'm, i feel normal again yes so true and in starting a business for yourself that had to apply just the right amount of pressure because now you had to inspire others and if there's one thing you aren't it's inauthentic. So you couldn't <laughs> fake that. You couldn't fake feeling inspired. You couldn't fake being leader-like. You had to get yourself to a place where you could be an inspired leader. You had to keep showing up because it is social media. So you can't take your like, oh, I had an off week or two. You have that pressure to keep showing up. So it's that community that probably pulled you through it, that mild pressure that you knew they were yeah, when supporting you. So what was that like? Was that part of it?
0: yeah, absolutely. And I loved it. I loved every minute of getting up every day and having something to do, going live, connecting with my, my audience and and my friends on, on Instagram. Like it, it, it fueled me. And I love that. I was like, Hey, at the bare minimum, like wash your face, (laughs) you know, that can help a woman. Even if if it's not postpartum, come out of any funk she's feeling. Because a lot of us forget to take care of ourselves. We take care of everybody else. I think it's like this innate thing in, in women. I don't know what that is. But we just want to make sure everyone else is happy. The husband is fed. The kid is fed. The house is clean. And I'm not even that. I'm not that person, you guys. But I did turn into her after having Nova. And then I was like, wait a second. I haven't washed my face in a year. I don't even brush my teeth every day. What am I doing? And so being able to help women just regain even that much control over their life by a skincare routine or doing a little bit of makeup was so fulfilling. I I, I didn't have to fake anything. Like it made me so happy.
2: Women can go so many years after having children before they buy even a single article of new clothing for themselves or get their hair done or like, their nails or anything that just makes them feel a little bit like the person they were before having a baby. Um, and it, it, it can be, like you said, it can be literally as small as just washing your face, putting on some mascara, whatever
1: little thing you can do to just bring that part of yourself back.
0: Yeah. Get back to you somehow.
1: I had a mom in my postpartum group who she's in it now for the second time, but when she had her first baby a couple of years ago, she had moved to Connecticut from Brooklyn and she said, I just missed, I miss Brooklyn. I miss walking around. I mean, if I could have my baby in Brooklyn right now, I said, what would you do if you were with your baby in Brooklyn right now? She's like, if I could have my baby in Brooklyn, I would just like, I don't know, I'd like put the baby in a sling and like walk to a coffee shop. And I said, well, I knew where she lived you're walking distance from a coffee shop, (laughs) you know? And a week later she said, oh my gosh, I even dressed like I used to in Brooklyn. I wore like leggings with this cute little uh, dress and I put on my favorite little boots and I brought my baby and she's like, I had the best day, just, I was just outdoors walking. All I did was buy a coffee and I felt so happy. Well, why would something like that make us happy? You have to wonder. And it's like, well, maybe the outdoors, yes, a tiny bit of moving your body, but also it reconnected her to the person she thought she lost. Like I used to be this cute young woman who walked out dressed like this and I had the the leisure to buy myself a coffee. It's like, well, I guess you still do. You just have a baby to bring (laughs) along. But We've got to remember we're still there. Trisha and I did um, one of our birth story sessions with a woman this morning. And um, it's, we, we said to her exactly what you just said. She's in that funk of saying like, well, this is my life now. And she got tearful and said, like, I can't believe that birth left me feeling the way it left me feeling. And we said, however you're feeling is not going to stay. You know, I mean, it's it's awful when women have traumatic births, but this is absolutely not going to be how you're feeling one year, five years and the decades of your future. But they can you can't see it when you're in it. No, it does feel permanent. It does feel permanent.
2: And, you know, there's there's the woman who can stay in it for many, many, many months longer than they may need to. And then there's the woman who can pull herself out of it a little bit quicker. And we were saying, you know, grief is a journey. It's not really something you can rush. You do have to let yourself go through the process. And for some people, it takes a lot longer than others. But there is also that point where sometimes you just need a little, smack on the ass to like, get up and do something for yourself. And to me, that's you, like you gave yourself that smack in the ass (laughs) and you were like, that's it. So how do you, how can we help other moms to just like, know when it's time for that smack?
0: It's so hard. I, I always say now I look back and I go, everybody that's around you when you're, when you're suffering, it's like they help you suffer more. They think they're helping you, but they're like, no, drink that wine. You're a new mom. You're stressed. Here's your wine. No, eat the fast food. It's okay. You're tired, which is literally the worst thing you can do for someone who is suffering.
2: It's sometimes it's like that person who comes in and just like grabs you by the shirt and shakes you up a little bit. And they're like, get up. We're going to do this. Come out. This is what, you know we're not tolerating this anymore like yeah. change your
0: change your way this transition is massive for a woman and i for the dad too you know but there's no preparation no education about what this trans transition is how to even help that person going through it i you know my husband did try to like smack me out of it 2 weeks into my postpartum depression and i was like a little early <laughs> i was like it made me feel alone, you know, abandoned, like, cause I couldn't get myself out of it. So I think there is like a moment where you're like, okay, this, this has been enough now. And I think it's important for, I wish somebody would have been like, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Like, this is not happening to you. It's happening for you. This is, You know, any pain, any adversity, any struggle, suffering is happening for you. It is part of your journey this time around in this life. Like I look at that. I needed postpartum depression. I needed it to move me out of where I was to propel
1: me to that next level of life. Like to move you out of complacency or what? What was it? to move me out of. Or was it just time for another massive shift in growth in your life? Are you saying?
0: That's the thing is I never really had a massive shift or growth in my life before. My life was very like easy growing up, you know? Yeah. I moved to LA, pursued dance and that was like scary and unstable, but I never like suffered any, anything. I've never really lost anyone. So At the age of 38, after having a fairly easy life, I was like hit by 14, 18 wheelers at once. And I was like, depression, anxiety, lack of control. Now my body, I'm overweight. What is happening? But I needed that in order to be who I'm supposed to be, which is someone who is now helping women reclaim their lives. I didn't really have somebody to help me do that. Not my midwives, not really nobody. And if I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be this source of help now. I would still be probably trying to choreograph. And what I feel about that now is that it's very self serving as a career. And yes, like, If that's your path, wonderful. But I always felt like I was meant for something else. And had I not gone through postpartum and actually suffered something, I wouldn't be here. You can't connect with people unless you've experienced their pain. Right, so pain is a portal and an initiation
2: into the next level. Like pain can open you in a way that no other experience can. And if you are somebody who wasn't maybe that open before, when you experience that pain and it opens you now, it transforms you down a completely different path in your life because now you have so much to give because you've been opened in a way. And what you said, it makes so much sense. Like it was self-serving what you were doing before and you had to go through this pain so that you would gain that empathy and understanding so that you could now do work that serves other people.
0: Yes. I can't even imagine. Even when I started direct sales, I never look back at dance or choreography. Ever. People are like, you don't miss it. I don't miss it. There is something so beautiful about being able to help others on this level. And be a, a voice of hope for people rather than like shaking my ass. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It, it did what it did when it did it, <laughs> right? And also the discipline that I learned from dance. Like now I look back and I go, man, all of that led me and built me to be the exact person I'm supposed to be today. And, but had I stayed in that victim mentality, had I stayed complacent, had I stayed like, I can't believe this happened to me, How could this happen to me? I would have never moved out of that space.
2: It's interesting because some people have a lot harder time moving out of that space. And some people maybe don't always move out of that space. So there's something in the mindset that has to shift that when you are going through something so difficult, you find that opening
1: and yeah. so how, how do people find, how does that happen? Yeah. I was going to ask something similar because I'm with postpartum women once a week in a support group. And uh, when you hear the words, this isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. I see these exhausted women with breast milk stains on their tops, feeling the heavy emotions from the last petty argument they had with their partner in a home that feels taken over by baby things, feeling really conflicted about the career they just resigned from or the maternity leave that's shortening by the hour. It's like, how do you sincerely say to those women, this is not happening to you, it's happening for you? What, where, when they hear that, we can all imagine how that's landing on them. So what's the next thing to say to them? What's the next step in that? for going through what
0: you're going through, killing yourself and still getting up to feed your baby and still getting up and trying to at least pretend like you're enjoying life for doing anything at all. Whilst feeling like that in your mind, you are a gangster. You're a savage. Moms, women, like going through that and still showing up, you are a savage. And it's so easy to feel like you are failing, like you are disappointing everybody around you, like you're not the mom you you should be. No, you're exactly where you should be. And I know it feels awful, but what you're building, what you're creating is this savage of a woman now.
2: I th- I think too, it's it's a lot of the daily focus when you wake up every day and you look at yourself and you see yourself as being strong for what you're enduring, getting better every day, or do you wake up every every day and you look at yourself and you're saying this is eating me alive and I'm eroding and you're becoming you know contracting more as opposed to this sucks this is hard but I'm doing it and if you just right. kind of keep reaffirming that every day like. I can get through this. I am getting through this. Yes. It's and like it's the hard. growth mentality or the shrinking mentality.
0: Right. And it, I think it's cr- there should be a moment of silence for mothers every day for 15 minutes from 3 p.m. to 3.15 p.m. Pacific time where everyone gets on their fucking knees and bows down to all the moms and the women for. For what we do and go through. It is not respected enough. So please, like, know that you are, I keep saying gangster, but like you just are for for waking up and continuing to live through
1: this. I love that you said Pacific time. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't even know why. Pacific time. That is the time. Um, absolutely <clears throat> hilarious. Um so this whole, like, you are a gangster. Yeah. They just might on an intellectual level. Like I see them try, like sometimes one woman in the group will say to the others, like, guys, think about what we've done. Our bodies built this baby, our bodies. And you can see on half the women, they're like, whatever. I just feel awful. (laughs) So if they believe you, And they are closing their eyes and holding their hand to their heart and feeling inspired by what you're saying. And they're like, yes. I mean, is the message that when this chapter is behind them, it's not that they can lift themselves up out of it on a moment's notice. Those things have to unfold, right? right? We're in it. We're in it. It's like when Noah tried talking to you before you were ready, you were just like back off because you needed to be validated first. You needed to wallow in your experience first before he could pull you out, right? Right. So are you saying to them, just trust that first of all, this chapter is definitely going to be behind you. That's a hundred percent certainty. And therefore the emotions that go along with this chapter, but you're saying like, when you meet that woman on the other side, you don't even know yet what you're capable of. Is that the message? 100%. The fact
0: that you are still doing that despite not wanting to is what makes you a gangster. And yes, when you come out on the other side, you will look back and go, wow, I did that. People, character, and like, you're created under tension, under adversity. There's a reason why this is happening to you right now.
3: Hey there, all you amazing, strong, and beautiful women especially you new moms and moms-to-be. I'm Taylor, co-founder and CEO of Vitality. And I'm Taylor's sister, Chloe, co-founder and chief design officer. We started Vitality to encourage and empower everyone to live a vibrant life. We're all about supporting women, especially on the journey to motherhood. When I was pregnant, I really struggled to find comfy leggings that I could wear all day, every day. So we set out to make the best maternity pants out there. We took those pain points and designed pieces that were supportive and comfortable, including details like a high-rise fit, underbelly seam, raw cut hems, and to top it off, we have an embedded silicone panel that acts like a built-in suspension system for your low back, which is the first of its kind. So we designed this line in our Marshmallow Soft Cloud 2 fabric in not only a maternity pant, but a volley and biker short as well. Let me tell you, all of these pieces are a game changer. Just go to shopvitality.com and cherry on top, you guys can use code DOWNTOBIRTH at checkout to get 10% off your order. 10% off athleisure designed for pregnancy during pregnancy.
2: Down to Birth is sponsored by Postpartum Soothe. That's because herbs like comfrey leaf, uva ursi, and witch hazel are known for their antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. Postpartum Soothe can be prepared anytime during the third trimester, and it makes a beautiful baby gift. It's a must for any woman seeking a faster, easier recovery from a vaginal birth. Visit postpartumsoothe.com. That's postpartumsoothe, S-O-O-T-H-E dot and use promo code DOWNTOBIRTH. Did you know that 97% of women take a prenatal vitamin, yet 95% of us are still deficient in key nutrients for pregnancy and postpartum? After a long time searching for the optimal prenatal nutrition product, we bring you Needed, a radically better prenatal vitamin. Needed's nutritional products offer nutrients that your body can utilize with doses at optimal versus bare minimum levels and are available in capsules and an easy-to-take vanilla powder, perfect for those moms with pill fatigue or nausea. Needed is a woman founded company offering a superior nutritional product lineup backed by research, data, and insights from nearly 4,000 women's health experts. Needed offers premium supplements for every stage from egg quality support for women trying to conceive to lactation support for breastfeeding. And you know, Cynthia and I, we love their botanical sleep and relaxation support packets before bedtime. So if you are looking for a radically different prenatal Head on over to thisisneeded.com and enter down to birth for 20% off your first order.
1: I feel so much affection for women and for myself when I look back. I only wish I took more photos of me sitting exhausted, sleepless, hair unbrushed or whatever was going on. I just wish I had more of those photos because they are precious to me now. They are just the most precious photos. I always think about all of us on our wedding days and from our husband's perspectives, but like we were young and vibrant and beautiful and madly in love and all about our husbands and was into (laughs) totally into having sex all the time. And and then it's like, but then you see where we are when we're in that postpartum chapter and I'm overwhelmed with affection because I, what I want to say to those women is on that wedding day, when you were that young, lighthearted however you are, did you even think you were capable of this, this much love and tolerance to keep getting up? Like you said, when you don't feel like it, you still get up on your feet. Maybe your partner is sleeping through the whole thing. You're not sleeping through it. Your eyes open. The minute that baby sighs in their sleep, your eyes pop open. Like that is such a precious, endearing, beautiful thing to me about women. I just think it's, I'm Mm -hmm. so, I'm so happy to be a woman. I'm so happy that I'm the one who went through that experience in my life. I'm so proud that I kept getting up when my babies needed me. And like you said, despite how isolating it is, how we're feeling, it's it's like every woman should be so moved by herself because on that wedding day, you didn't see that you had that in you. You're like, oh, we're going to have a family the kids are going to be so cute you know <laughs> you're so so flighty and young it's gonna be um, so fun having a newborn but, but what what the heck is happening biologically where women just keep stepping up like they our just DNA. step up it's amazing it's in our brains it's, in our, it's DNA. in our DNA
0: but what I do see a lot of too is after that stage you know, let's say you do kind of start to feel better, but then I see a lot of women continuing to not take care of themselves, to put themselves last, to put everybody first. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, even in, on my wedding day, I was 38 year old, vibrant woman. I'm now, was I 38? 36. Anyway, I was 36, I'm 41 now and I look better and feel better than I ever have because I refuse to accept postpartum things, you know, like I refuse to accept my postpartum body. I refuse to accept my postpartum health. I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and because of that, it forced me to find answers to my healing. And now I have more energy. I look better than I ever have. I, I'm more proud of myself than I've ever been. And I think that's more of the reason why I wanted to come on here is that is the life you can create, but you, as a mom, as a woman, you'll have to create it. You have to choose that. You can't sit there and go, well, I'm a mom now. Like, this is just what my body looks like. You can create from here whatever woman in life you want to. And you'll be even more capable when you get on the other side of postpartum because it's literally creating this unstoppable
1: machine out of you. But you have to choose that. It won't happen by default, you're saying. Don't just sit back and wait for that new reborn woman to happen. You're saying like, this is what you can do having been through this difficult experience, this is what you can turn it into because now we know the degree of your tolerance. We know the degree of your discipline. We know the degree of your strength, even on the days when you've had no sleep, that you keep getting done what has to be done. So take those qualities Mm -hmm. into the next direction you want your life to go.
2: Yeah. And, and when the time, and when the time is right, you know, we don't want a woman who's (laughs) Six weeks part of <laughs> thinking that this is what I gotta this is what I gotta get up and do. It takes time. Um, it that takes, takes time, time, right? There's that there is that moment where the inspiration is just like it's just like right there in front of you, but yeah. you're not quite there yet. And that's when you have to reach for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If it's if you're, you know, in the beginning of it, it's so important to acknowledge that, hey, this is happening to me. Had somebody just been like, Claude, yo, that is, that sounds awful. As opposed to, oh, it's going to be okay. And like, it can't be that bad. Like, look at your baby. Look what you have. I want to toss him in the ocean. I know that sounds awful, but that's not helping. If somebody had just said, I never wanted to hurt Nova. Like I knew that this was not his fault, but some moms may feel like that and whoever, you know, somebody to just go, man, this is pretty bad. And somebody just acknowledged me like that.
2: Claude, how far postpartum were you when you felt like you're ready to really pull yourself out of this? Do you recall?
0: Like I started to feel better at around like six months postpartum, but I would still have like bouts of sadness and It's still missing my old life. And it it wasn't until about a year where I finally accepted. I could see Nova. I didn't see him before, but like I could see him now. Okay, my son is here. That being is here and that's okay. Now what? Confidence is created and built through doing things that you think you can't do and when you really think about that and you're a mother in postpartum every day you're doing things you don't think you can do and that is magic that is magic there are people like create hardships in their life like they they need cha- i create challenges in my life now you have this challenge which i call a gift that has been just given to you and i know it doesn't feel like that right now i know that But you're going to build this confidence. I want you to look at yourself and be like, I am freaking magic for continuing to do this thing as a mother, even though not an ounce of me wants to. Think about that. Most people give up. They can't even go to the gym for four days on New Year's. They set a resolution and a goal and they quit. We can't quit. Like we don't have a choice, really. And that's. That's big. Not enough people are looking at that because we make it look easy. I'm like, oh, she's a woman. She's a mom. Like, she just knows how to do it. It's easy. No, no, no. What you're going through is not easy. And you're choosing to continue to do it anyways. Huge. Where's that moment of silence? It's going to happen
1: in five hours. From 3 to 3.15 Pacific time. Pacific time. Pacific time. A moment of silence for the mothers, a moment of silence for our mothers, because we don't remember when they sat holding us for the first year of our lives. So we didn't fall. Like, it's the first thing you realize when you have a baby, like, oh my gosh, my earliest memory is that I like two and a half. I, (laughs) a lot happened until I got to that point. And like these people kept me alive and did this for me. And I was the one waking up during the night. Yeah. You just, how do you not think of that until you have a baby? How does it really not sink in? right this doesn't
0: but I I do want to reinforce the point of like from here you you get to you have to choose what kind of life you create as as this new mom and just know that it can be whatever you want it to be doesn't have to be how the world thinks it should be how your parents think it should look like Being a 41-year-old mom does not have to, or however old you are out there, you know, most people are like, you should look like this and this is how that looks and that's how you act. And I defy all of those things. And I just like to let women know that they can create whatever life they want from here. Just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you all of a sudden lose control of your life, of your health, of your body. Doesn't mean that. It actually means that now you have more ability and more confidence and more knowledge and wisdom to create whatever you want now, or whoever you want, I should say.
2: And you got to run with it.
0: You got to run with it and just know that it's possible. I think a lot of women don't realize it's actually possible. That's, that's the real truth. That is the real truth.
2: joining us at the down to birth show. You can reach us at down to birth show on Instagram or email us at contact at downtobirthshow.com. All of Cynthia's classes and Trisha's breastfeeding services are held live online serving women and couples everywhere.
1: Please remember this information is made available to you for educational and informational purposes only. It is in no way a substitute for medical advice. For our full disclaimer, visit downtobirthshow.com/disclaimer. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, hear everyone and listen to yourself. So that's the longest I've heard you speak without swearing. So congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so swear.
0: Oh God, that was hard. (laughs) Fuck. Oops, there we go. Good. Now we can (laughs) all relax. I was
1: like, oh, I'm going to have to remember to put explicit content when we record with her. And I'm sitting here like, oh, (laughs) wow. She really has changed as a mother.